Chapter Fifty Three: A United Front. Unitedly and prayerfully, the father and mother should bear the grave responsibility of guiding their children aright. Parents are to work together as a unit. There must be no division, but parents work at cross purposes, and thus the children are spoiled by mismanagement. It sometimes happens that, of the father and mother, one is too indulgent, and the other too severe. This difference works against good results in the formation of the characters of their children. No harsh force is to be exercised in carrying out reforms, but at the same time, no weak indulgence must be shown. The mother is not to seek to blind the eyes of the father to the faults of the children. Neither is she to influence them to do those things which the father has forbidden them to do. Not one seed of doubt should the mother plant in her children's minds in regard to the wisdom of the father's management. She should not, by her course of action, counteract the work of the father. If fathers and mothers are at variance, one working against the other to counteract each other's influence, the family will be in a demoralized condition, and neither the father nor the mother will receive the respect and confidence that are essential to a well-governed family. Children are quick to discern anything that will cast a reflection upon the rules and regulations of a household. Especially those regulations that restrict their actions. The father and mother should unite in disciplining their children. Each should bear a share of the responsibility, acknowledging themselves under solemn obligations to God to train up their offspring in such a way as to secure to them, as far as possible, good physical health and well-developed characters. Some fond mothers suffer wrongs in their children, which should not be allowed in them for a moment. The wrongs of the children are sometimes concealed from the father. Articles of dress or some other indulgence is granted by the mother, with the understanding that father is to know nothing about it, for he would reprove for these things. Here, a lesson of deception is effectually taught the children. Then, if the father discovers these wrongs, excuses are made, and but half the truth told. The mother is not open-hearted; she does not consider as she should that the father has the same interest in the children as herself, or that he should not be kept ignorant of the wrongs or besetments. That ought to be corrected in them while young. Things have been covered. The children know the lack of union in their parents, and it has its effect. The children begin young to deceive, cover up, tell things in a different light from what they are to their mother as well as their father. Exaggeration becomes habit, and blunt falsehoods. Come to be told with but little conviction, or reproof of conscience. These wrongs commenced by the mother's concealing things from the father, 
who has an equal interest with her in the character their children are forming. The father should have been consulted freely. All should have been laid open to him. But the opposite course, taken to conceal the wrongs of the children, encourages in them a disposition to deceive, a lack of truthfulness and honesty. There should always be a fixed principle with Christian parents to be united in the government of their children. There is a fault in this respect with some parents, a lack of union. The fault is sometimes with the father, but oftener with the mother. The fond mother pets and indulges her children. The father's labor calls him from home often and from the society of his children. The mother's influence tells. Her example does much toward forming the character of the children. The family firm must be well organized. Together, the father and mother must consider their responsibilities and with a clear comprehension undertake their task. There is to be no variance. The father and mother should never, in the presence of their children, criticize each other's plans and judgment. If the mother is inexperienced in the knowledge of God, she should reason from cause to effect, finding out whether her discipline is of a nature to increase the difficulties of the father as he labors for the salvation of the children. Am I following the way of the Lord? This should be the all-important question. If parents do not agree, let them absent themselves from the presence of their children until an understanding can be arrived at. Too often the parents are not united in their family government. The father, who is with his children but little and is ignorant of their peculiarities of disposition and temperament, is harsh and severe. He does not control his temper, but corrects in passion. The child knows this, and instead of being subdued, the punishment fills him with anger. The mother allows misdemeanors to pass at one time for which she will severely punish at another. The children never know just what to expect and are tempted to see how far they can transgress with impunity. Thus are sown seeds of evil that spring up and bear fruit. If parents are united in this work of discipline, the child will understand what is required of him. But if the father, by word or look, shows that he does not approve of the discipline the mother gives, if he feels that she is too strict and thinks that he must make up for the harshness by petting and indulgence, the child will be ruined. He will soon learn that he can do as he pleases. Parents who commit this sin against their children are accountable for the ruin of their souls. The angels look with intense interest upon every family to see how the children are treated by parents, guardians, or friends. What strange mismanagement they witness in a family where father and mother are at variance. The tones of the voice of father and mother, their looks, their words, all make it manifest that they are not united in the management of their children. 
The father casts reflections upon the mother and leads the children to hold and disrespect the mother's tenderness and affection for the little ones. The mother thinks she is compelled to give large affection to the children to gratify and indulge them because she thinks the father is harsh and impatient and she must work to counteract the influence of his severity. Affection cannot be lasting, even in the home circle, unless there is a conformity of the will and disposition to the will of God. All the faculties and passions are to be brought into harmony with the attributes of Jesus Christ. If the father and mother in the love and fear of God unite their interest to have authority in the home, they will see the necessity of much prayer, much sober reflection. And as they seek God, their eyes will be opened to see heavenly messengers present to protect them in answer to the prayer of faith. They will overcome the weaknesses of their character and go on unto perfection. Father and mother, bind your hearts in closest, happiest union. Do not grow apart, but bind yourselves more closely to each other. Then you are prepared to bind your children's hearts to you by the silken cord of love. Keep sowing the seed for time and eternity. All heaven is watching the efforts of the Christian parent.